All right, folks, take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Tonight we're back in the book of Colossians and we are in chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 11 through 15. The last time we were together here, uh, we looked at the previous verses, uh, verses 1 through 9 or 1 through 10, and the title of the message was In Him. Tonight, the title of the message is In Him, Part 2. Uh, looking at verse 11, the first two words, In Him. So we're talking about being in Christ Jesus and the benefits thereof. Being in Christ Jesus means that you have trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, that you have followed Him or continue to follow Him and plan to follow Him all your life. We are in a world that um, there's so many people that profess to be in Him, but don't know what being in Him means. They're, the walk that they live, the, the life that they uh, have going on is not uh, reminiscent of holy righteousness or perfection in any way. As a matter of fact, it seems as though they seek out ungodliness and unrighteousness. So tonight, looking at the idea of being in Him, the purp our purpose as Christians and the benefit thereof, we're going to talk about these things. In Him. In Him, it says in verse 11. Let's read down through verse 15 together. And then we'll back up and discuss these verses individually. Verse 11, In Him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He is made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Tonight, we're talking about being in Him and the, and the benefits of being there with Him. Let's pray together. God, again, we bow before You because we know, Father, that Your purpose for us is to be with You, to be like You, to, to be obedient to You. So, Father, we want to, that this evening. We want to be more obedient to You. Father, we're asking that you, you guide us, that You lead us, that You help us understand and walk in Your way. Uh, Lord, we know that it's going to be step by step. We know that it's just a, a portion at a time. We don't get the whole plan. Father, we couldn't handle that, but we know we can handle one step at a time. So help us to focus on that and help us to follow you with all of our heart. We love you, Lord, and we praise you that Jesus has saved us from death, hell, and the grave and that he has saved us into your heavenly kingdom. Thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So being in Christ Jesus, as, as the writer here, Paul goes back and he's telling the Colossians about what it is to be in Him, what it means, the, the benefits that they have being in Jesus. In verse 11, in Him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. We are, in Him we are changed. 
In Him we are changed by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now in the Old Testament there was a sign of the covenant for, the, the, uh, for Abraham and that was circumcision. On the eighth day after being born, a, a young a male child would be circumcised. Now, the circumcision was a sign of being a Hebrew, being a Jew. That was their sign of the covenant. But now, without the, without the Lord Jesus Christ going forward, there is no, there is no uh, circumcision. As the scripture goes on and says, Paul talks about it several times. He says, whether you're circumcised or not, it makes no difference if you don't have Jesus, if you're not in Him. So he's talking about the circumcision of the, the heart here, the circumcision of the Spirit. You have a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ if you have trusted Him as Lord and Savior. You are in a covenant relationship with Him. And we are uh, in... In effect, what we are doing is putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. Uh, as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 says, we are putting off the old man. The old man is the man that, that lived before meeting the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Before accepting Christ as Lord and Savior, we were a sinful being. And we still have a sinful nature, but now we have the power through Jesus Christ to overcome that sinful nature. We are putting off the old man and growing more like Christ every day. We're supposed to be doing that because the old man is dead, like it says in Romans 6, verse 6. I'm going to go over there and read that to you uh, if I can find my spot real quick. Romans 6, verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Remember what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20? He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Uh, he's saying there that our purpose is to not walk in the way that we used to walk because that life, that man is dead. We've been changed. In Him, we are changed. In Him, we were, um, we're putting off the old flesh and we have the circumcision of Christ. That means our heart has been changed. Not only that, in verse 12, it says that we have been buried and raised again. In verse 12, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. We, the old man, is dead. When we go through baptism, we picture that, we, we uh, exhibit that, we uh, perform that before the world. We're, we're showing them what has happened spiritually. When you go under the water... Uh, to dip, baptizo, means to go all the way under. And so you go under the water symbolizing that you are dead and then raised back to new life. That's what being uh, born again is. That's the symbol of it, and that's what it means. When you're born again, that means something had to die. The old man died. The new man has come forth. So in Romans chapter 6, verse uh, 4, it says that we, we die to ourselves. We've been crucified. Uh, we just like Christ was crucified on the cross and He died, we die to ourself. We have been buried and raised again. I'm going to go back to Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. We're talking about uh, the being buried with Him 
forfeiting our life so that He can live our life, our new life, through us. That's what it means to be saved. That's what it means to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're not who you were. You've been changed. Because you died to self and you have been brought back to new life in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul, kind of he sums it up really well. I'm going to go back there and get that real quick. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. He says very well, hey, look, this is what happened. I died to myself. I gave myself to Christ. That old man is dead. The new man has come forth. And the new man lives his life by the power of Christ. So in Him, we've been changed. In Him, we have been buried and raised again. And in verse 13, it says that we have been made alive. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. He made you alive together with Him. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ gave His life. He died. He was dead. But on the third day, He rose again. And what happened with Him is the same thing that happens with us. We forfeit our life. We give our life to Him. The old man is dead. We, we, we are raised again. We are buried and raised to be alive. We're not buried and raised to, to, uh, to live a dead life, powerless life. We are raised to new life so that we can live in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. A supernatural life. He has... He has raised us to live the life that we should have lived to start with, but didn't. We have everything, we owe everything to Him. The life that we now live, we live through His power. We live through His Spirit. Going back to Romans chapter 6 again, I'm going to read with, uh, to you verses 4 through 11. Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, having raised, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all, but the life that He lives, He lives to God. Likewise, you also... Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are emulating Christ in that death has, no longer has dominion over Christ. 
And death no longer has dominion over us. We've already died to self, and now the life that we live, we lived, we live now in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dead to sin. Buried and raised, again, to live new life in Him. Now going back to Colossians chapter 2. Finishing up verse 13 and, and all the way through verse 14. Having, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. In Him we have forgiveness. In Him we have forgiveness. Only in Him. There's no other forgiveness to be had. We can ask for forgiveness from God, but unless we accept the sacrifice that cleanses us from all sin, there won't be any forgiveness. You see, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And God says, here's my Son, believe Him. Listen to Him. You see, Jesus came, and you know this, Jesus came to redeem us from our dead, sinful ways. And when we accept Him as Lord and Savior, He not only does He forgive us of our sins, but it, it's just like the old chalkboards in, in the old days. You know, you've you got all of these problems and all these things written on there, and then before you know it, zoom, they're gone. Take the old eraser and erase it off. I learned something several years ago. Uh, it's not as prevalent now as it used to be with the old computers. In the old computers, you better hit the save button pretty often. I was working on a message one day, and, you know, working on it throughout the week, and then I got there Sunday morning, and I was working on it again, and I got to looking, well, I wasn't working on it, I got to looking for it Sunday morning, and I couldn't find it. And I mean, I had, you know, this thing was stretched out. I didn't have just a half a page like I do now. I mean, I had a couple, three pages of stuff written down, and I forgot to hit the, the save button, and it was gone. That's the way our sins are with the Lord Jesus Christ. They're gone, just like they had never been there. Now, with that message, I had to start all over. I, I remembered it all, but I had to start all over doing all of it because it was, it was gone. It wasn't coming back. With our sins in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're gone. They're not coming back. You see, as a matter of fact, they were nailed to the cross is what the Scripture says. And when the cross was taken down, when, when Jesus died on the cross and the cross blood covered, the, shed that, the blood that was shed there, canceled, erased, deleted all of our sins. In Him we have been forgiven. Verse 15 says, in Him we are victorious. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Jesus took the powers, the principalities and powers of this world, and He conquered them for us. We couldn't do it. We can't without Him. He did it because He is the one and only Son of God, the only one who could. He did it so that we could have victory in Him. Somebody asked me a long time ago, what's your favorite hymn? 
And honestly, I couldn't think of any hymns at that point. I, and I just said, well, you know, I like victory in Jesus. And that's, that, it's a wonderful song. Uh, I like how great thou art also. But that was the one that came to mind was victory in Jesus. So every time we had a, a singing after that, she'd say, let's sing victory in Jesus. That's Brother Jeff's favorite song. And I kept thinking to myself, well, yeah, it's a good one. You know, let's sing it. But the truth of the matter is we do have victory in Jesus. Without Him, we are defeated. Without Him, there's no help and no hope. But in Him, we're changed. In Him, we've been buried and we are raised again. In Him, we've been made alive, forgiven, victorious. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's go to the Father in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you again for what you do for us, have done for us, and, and continue to strengthen us in. Thank you that our slates have been wiped clean. Our, all of our sins have been deleted before you. Thank you that you strengthen us to walk in your way and in your way alone. Father, where we mess up, we ask for your forgiveness and pray for you to, to teach us the right way. Lead us in the way everlasting. You are amazing. Thank you for the victory that we have in Jesus. In his name, amen.